Thank you, Jesus. Man, I'm feeling his presence. Mm. Can somebody say praise the Lord with me? Mm. Bible says rejoice with those that rejoices. Again, I say rejoice. We serve an awesome God. Woke me up this morning. Set my feet a dancing. Set my soul thinking of his, his goodness. Praise the Lord and give me breath. <laughs> give me wonderful brothers and sisters I can come and worship God with. Thank God. Thank Jesus. Pastor, you're getting too excited. I'm telling you what, he, he put something in you to get excited about. Praise God. Let me welcome the internet uh, family of NCF. We welcome you from the bottom of our hearts that you're with us, that you're listening, you're, you're tuning in. Also on the Facebook, we thank God for that. And uh, we're, we're praying that we can expand where we can reach more people. And what areas God will open the doors, and we thank God for that. I'm just thankful that we've got an opportunity to now reach outside the, these four walls. Amen. Praise God. Uh, we're starting getting more and more people contacting us, connecting with us. And I thank God for that. I thank God for those people. So, but if you would, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8. For the next few moments, we want to give you a word to help you in your walk with the Lord, but then encourage you and to let you know God has not left you, forsaken you. Amen. God loves you. Yes. Verse 1 down to verse 4. Can we stand for the reading of God's word in this congregation? When you're there, say amen. Amen. Verse 1 says, when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleaned. Immediately the leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Tell your neighbor, he is willing. He is willing. And you may be seated. As we read from this scripture, and we see what was taking place a few scriptures ahead, a few scriptures before this, I should say, that you read, he was on a mountain, and he was in that mountain delivering the Sermon on the Mount, as they called it, the Beatitudes, talking about certain areas, and he even described some of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And the Bible says that great multitudes followed him, one, he performed miracles. They liked that. They want to be better than what they were when they didn't have, see, they didn't have any hope of any cures or, or any release of uh, demons or anything of that nature where uh, they only had today and they didn't know they even could have a promise of tomorrow. Jesus comes and, and starts healing people and starts bringing the message of hope. Aren't you glad for that message of hope? As we see that great multitudes follow Jesus, and they were on this mountain taking in all what he taught. 
taking in all what he was speaking on. Notice what how he spoke. As a matter of fact, there's quite a few looked around and says, he's not like the rest that we hear from the Pharisees or Sadducees. He speaks with authority. He speaks as one that has experience, that understands that what is going on. As we see that when Jesus comes down from the mountain, and as he comes down, he was met by a leper. Now, if you understand leprosy, in the time of Jesus, there was no cure. Matter of fact, there was a dreaded disease. Going even, even further, most Jewish folks pegged people with the disease called leprosy that made your skin white, looked like snow had been on it. It was a destructive disease. It was a death sentence for those that had it. There was no cure. And so with that, the people always looked, it was God's displeasure with that individual. It was a curse that was put upon them. So they had to come from Leviticus chapter 13 when Moses set it in play, says you must cry out unclean, unclean. And people would back away. People would get away. In other words, you were quarantined. You were isolated. You couldn't be around even worshiping. You couldn't go to church. You couldn't enter the temple because you were unclean. The amazing part that I see this because as scripture gives us and we can prove it from the word of God when Miriam, Moses' sister, had received leprosy. That was the pleasure for God for what she did. She spoke against God's anointed. Also, we see that Gehazi, Elisha's servant, when he'd done a wrong, he wanted to take the money from one of the servants of Syria. And when he went out, because he was healed, this general was healed, and he says, no, we'll take it. He was greedy. He was greedy. And all of a sudden, he comes back, and he says, Master, and he talks to Elisha, and all of a sudden, what the general had was leprosy, and he was cleansed from it. The leprosy that he had, God put upon the servant of the Lord. We also see from King Uzziah, when he went into the temple and was operating out of his kingly realm, out of the realm, he become, what did he get into that areas? That kind of lets me know some people are stepping in areas they shouldn't be stepping in. You're on dangerous grounds. They want to be, there's a lot of wannabes, but if God's not called you, you better operate in your calling. King Uzziah died with leprosy, displeasure. People understood that. It kind of lets me know that people today, because leprosy is like sin. There's no cure for it. There's no area of getting uh, a way out of it. It's a death sentence. For the wages of sin is what? Death. We understand that. But too many times in our society, people take sin so lightly. They don't put sin in its right perspective. Sin isn't what man says. It's what God says. And when we see where that God says it's sin, it's a destructive force that comes upon an individual. This man was quarantined. He was under a death sentence. He was living in death, just like many people that are in sin today. So many people says, well, I'm okay. I'm going to end up with my friends. You know what? The Bible says that there's darkness. You're not even going to see your friends. How can you party with somebody you can't see? But all you can hear is, Moaning and groaning. 
Can you imagine what it was going to be like the first few seconds in hell for those that enter there? I can't imagine it. And this is all some had in their mind. I'm not going to make heaven my home. I don't have a promise of eternity. And now we have this man speaking good words from God. He's saying that sin no longer will have a hold on you. I bring good tidings from the one that loves you. His name is God. His name is your father. He loves you with everlasting love. I came to prove to you. I came to show you. And these people heard that. Then all of a sudden a leper comes in. Now, how could he get close to Jesus? How could he get his healing? I like the way this depicts. The Bible says he knelt down and worshiped. But before that, he had to say unclean. You know what? Multitudes gather around Jesus. There's hardly any room. Jesus probably didn't even see him. Then all of a sudden he says unclean. Wow, what a way to make a path. Wow, here now I'm here. And then he's worshiping. He's on his knees worshiping because when they worshiped, they was on their knees. According to the Old Testament, that's one way they worshiped. They bowed before the, whomever was in charge. But this round, see, everyone around him had to scatter. They had to move away. Then all of a sudden, it opened roomed up. Can I tell you that God knows how to make room to get Jesus to you? He loves those that seem to be unlovable. There are those that are in sin and God, and some says, we'll count them off, move away from them. And Jesus says, no, I want that person. I came for that person. This was confirming what he already said on the mountain. I came for those who are lost, for those who had no hope, for those who had a death sentence. I came for you. What an opportunity because the crowd was looking. He worshiped. See, faith got a hold of him. How he moved in so close he could hear Jesus, I don't know, but it got a hold of him. Here's my hope. Here's my way out. Here's the way that this disease can be healed. In other words, the great multitudes, when they got away, they was watching, but he was in right position to receive. Far too many people that haven't got in that position of worship Worship means worth-ship. How much do you count a value of the person or thing that you're worshiping? There's a lot of people putting things above God. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then these things shall be added unto you. But then they said, no, let's take, seek the things first, and then we'll worship. That's not what the formula gives you. Seek first his kingdom. This man was seeking Jesus, he was seeking the rightful place. He worshiped. He'd come in worship. He counted Jesus. He looked at him, says, knowing that Jesus is the only way. I finally have hope. I finally have something that sparked in me that can change my life. Aren't you glad that faith and worship comes together? If we didn't believe God could do it and we didn't worship this, why, why did we come in and do what we do today? You know what he was doing? He was pressing for the blessing. In 2017, to, in order to become the witness that God wants you to be, you've got to press in. 
No matter what everybody else says, you can't get near the master. You got to stay close. He can't do anything for you. You've already too far gone. I beg your pardon. You're never too far gone. Never too far in sin that one can't reach down and lift you up. That one can't change your heart and forgive you. Aren't you glad for the forgiveness of Jesus Christ? Oh, thank God for that forgiveness. This man was pressing in for the blessing. It reminds me of Jacob when he went into that tent and he was by himself alone. And he thought, my days are numbered. My brother's coming after me. I've done him wrong. But he forgot about the promise of God. Forgot about what God says. I'm going to bring you back to this area. And all of a sudden, an angel showed up. I truly believe it was a pre-incarnate Jesus that showed up to Jacob. And he wrestled. He pressed in. He wanted the blessing. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. It's like this man, the leper. I'm not going to move out of my place until you bless me, until you give me what I, I desire, until you take care of what is on me, this sinful disease that I have. I have no other way to go, no other recourse. They can kill me, but I'm going to stay where we're here. You know what, church? There is no other recourse. We must look to our Savior. We must look to Jesus. We must look to the, the one that can deliver us out of the things that's around us. Everybody's got their mind on what's going to happen in the world. You know what? This world can go to hell in a handbasket, but I know one who can take care of me. Yes. His name is Jesus. Yes. You got to hold on to him. Yes. Notice that as he pressed in, the crowd separated themselves, made a way for him to be there. No matter what, if you will press in, let me put it in your spirit, your miracle is waiting on you. Your miracle is waiting on you. But you got to look to Jesus. You got to cry out to Jesus. Notice what he said. After he worshiped, got his attention. You want to get God's attention? I like what Paul and Silas did when they were beaten. They'd done some good things. Delivered this, a, a girl that was had a spirit, a divination. And she was doing and making money for her owners. And they delivered her. And they put them in prison, beat them in the most depths of the prison. And then what they do, they started worshiping. They started singing psalms, praying to the Lord. Sometimes you think you're in your darkest spots and you're bound with things. You start worshiping God and see what God will do. Worshiping him and see what he'll do. He'll come to you. Jesus heard his cry, this leper. He was pressing in for the blessing. Then he asked the question, Lord, if you are willing. There's a question we must answer ourselves before we can really ask, God, are you willing? Jesus, are you willing? Is he able? Is he able to perform what he said he would perform? I truly believe as we started out, he is willing. Say he's willing. We must understand that no matter what we're facing or going through, he is willing. Question we must answer in our minds, is he able? There's a lot of people believe that he's willing to do it, but is he able to take care of my situation? Is he able to take care of who I am? Is he able to take care of my children? Can he save my children? Can he deliver this situation? I could go on and on. There's a lot of people in situations, they know that he's willing, but is he able? They really have not settled that in their minds. Go to Romans chapter 4. Abraham was called out of his country 
Romans chapter 4, verse 21. The Bible says he did not waver. Abraham did not waver on the promises of God. God's given us a lot of promises. But notice what Paul puts it in verse 21. And being fully convinced or persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform it. Tell your neighbor he's willing. But tell him he's able. See, the reason why most people don't turn to God, they're not fully convinced that God can answer prayer, that God can reach down and touch your need, that God can reach down and save your children, that God can meet your bank account and help you pay your bills, that God can heal your body when it's racked with pain and you don't know which way to go. The doctor says we can't do it anymore. Jesus is still able to do what he said he would do. Jesus is still the miracle working Jesus that we've seen from the word of God, but God is still on the throne. He's not left it. He loves and he wants to. He wants to perform goodness to you. He loves you. He cares for you. You know what it means? That's lack of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. They've not really taken a hold of the word and let the word get a hold of them. Faith is there to reach out and say, God, I believe that you're going to do everything that you said you'd do. Then many a times I cry out to the Lord, but I had my heart already made up. I already had my mind made up. God, you will. You are able. I know. And he wants to reach down and take a hold of your needs, take a hold of your desires that you have and give you what you have need of. The leper worshiped. We've seen that. But most people, when they pray, they're not fully convinced he is able. This leper was convinced that Jesus could do what he said he would do. There's something got a hold of him. Wouldn't let go. It was like the woman that had the issue of blood. Something got a hold of her. And she says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I'm going to be all right. If I can get a hold of Jesus, I know I'm going to be all right. If I can get him to hear my cry, I know he's going to come by my side and do everything he said he would do. He's more than enough. He's more than able. Children of Israel in the Old Testament, they tested God. It says, can God provide meat in the wilderness? Can God provide food? Can God provide provision? Can God provide water? Every time he done it. There was an Old Testament scripture, and I'd done a message on it. Saying, I said, sing to the spring up a well. I don't know sure what the title was. I can't remember right now. But Moses had got them gathered around, and they was in a desert. And he said, I want you to start singing a song. And I want you to look down at the ground. And I said, I want you to start singing, spring up a well. I don't know what it sounded like, but it had to be pretty good because God sprung up a well. Spring up a well. Spring up a well. I'm not sure how that was or not. But they... Moses was convinced and believed God could do what he said he would do. He will take care of his own. This leper came to Jesus knowing that he was that one that could do what he said he would do. He was convinced. Go to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20.
Verse 20, it says this of chapter 3, Ephesians. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Say, works in me. Put it personal. Works in me. The power of God that works in me. The Holy Spirit that works in me. The faith, the word of God that's been planted as a seed that's in me. It's growing. And that seed is growing. Faith to faith. Glory to glory. God wants to take you to a higher plane. God wants to take your believing to a higher place. That you believe that he will do what he said he will do. And he's more than able. He's willing to do it. He wants to do it. He desires to do it. But we must be fully convinced, fully persuaded. This leper was fully persuaded. No matter what was going to take place, my Jesus will do what he said he would do. Because he claimed him as his own. He said, this man speaks as with authority and I know he can speak against this disease. Amen. Go back to Matthew. Chapter 3, I mean chapter 8, verse 3. After he cried out to him, Jesus done something to reinforce what he was saying. I liked what he did. The Bible says, then Jesus put out his hand and touched him. This lets me know that Jesus is willing, but more than that, he's willing to touch you with his love. Go further than you've ever gone before. That's what Jesus was saying. I'm going to go further than what most people will do. See, Death sentence was given to those because you quarantined them because it was a contagious disease. You get around long enough, the molecules even being breathed out. The breath could get on you and you could receive it. If you touch, you're a candidate to receive what they have. You know, a lot of people say that God can't forgive sin. And that's pretty much what people this on the mountain was looking at. Says, well, God can't forgive us. We've done what we're supposed to be, but God's still not forgiving us. Can God take away? Is God mighty enough to remove my sinful state? Is God mighty enough to take care of me and my needs? Then this man comes to confirm what Jesus was preaching, what Jesus was teaching. Not only with authority, now he's going to prove what he said he could do. He reached out and touched the man. Can I tell you that God knows how to reach out and touch the situation you're in? God knows how to touch you in the place that you feel like no one can reach down and touch me. But see, the Bible says God's hand is not too short that he can't reach down and lift me higher, lift me up. And that's what Jesus was doing. Question was, if you are willing, can you make me whole? Not only will he touch you, but he says, I'm willing. Now, what does this mean, willing? It means ready to do. It means free will to do. It means he has pleasure to do. See, it's God's good pleasure to give you good things. It's God's good pleasure to bless you. It's God's good pleasure to bring to you life, not death. But more than that, he's ready. He wants to. I can imagine Jesus sitting on the throne next to the Father saying, 
I want to, but they're not asking. I want to come down alongside them and give them everything I've got. I've got heaven just waiting to bring the answers to them. <laughs> I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, heaven wants to give you what it has, but sometimes we don't know how to ask. Sometimes we feel so insecure with ourselves. God, you're not going to do it for me. You'll do it for somebody else, but you're not going to do it for me. I think we need to shake that off and say, wait a minute. God loves me like he does my brother and sister. God loves me like everybody else. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. For God so loved me. For God so loved me. Not just those around me. He loves me. He wants to answer for me. He's ready. He's willing. And it's his pleasure to do it. Jesus was and is ready and able and willing to touch. But are you willing to receive? Are you willing to go and say, Father, here I am? He's willing, church. As we move into this year of witness, God wants to give you a witness. It's not more than just, it's more than just saying, I am a witness. God wants to give you witness. How can you witness of something you've never experienced? How can you go and tell someone, listen, look, 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 the Lord has done for me. How can you tell them when he's never done it before? But when he has, that's when he said, see, God wants to reveal himself to you. That's where the witness comes in. God is going to give you power. God is going to meet your needs. God is going to give you blessings. God is going to produce what he says he will. That way you can be a witness to those around. In verse 4, it says this. Jesus told him, what are you telling him to do? Because it was such a spiritual application to people's minds. The only way that he could really be set free completely was now go present himself to the priest. And notice what he says at the end of that verse, as a testimony. Don't tell no one I did, because they won't give you a declaration of freedom. You'll still be bound as a leper. But I want you to go and testify as the word says to do. He is willing, church. He is willing. But then when he does it, be obedient to him. Be a witness. Look what the Lord has done. Yes. Excuse me, sometimes it's good to have testimony service every once in a while, to stand up and testify what God has done. Yes. Confirm what God has done. Look what he's done for me. I heard Brother Ollie and Sister Linda talk about the wreck they had and how they spoke in Jesus' name and how that they seen the grill of that semi in front of them. It flipped them around, and all of a sudden now they're seeing that grill, that semi. Oh, Jesus. You know what? I'm glad they're here today. Yes. Aren't you glad you're here, Brother Ollie? Yes. Sister Linda? I'm thankful you're here. Yes. There's been many a times that the Savior has come. Jesus has come by my way because I cried out to him, and he's brought the answer. Because he is the answer. There's no other way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the one that we must come to. The leper became a witness. Jesus said, go, and he witnessed. Because why? Can I put it to you in plain English? We serve a limitless God. Amen. 
There's no limits on our God. The only limits we put on we, that God has is what we put in our mind. This little box we call our mind. Well, God, you can only do it this way. This is the way I was raised. That's the only way you can do it. Take God out of the box. Let him be the limitless one that he wants to be to you. Let him be the God of more than enough. Let him be the one that can take you over, can give you victory, can bring you to the top. That's what God wants to give you, give you success in your life. That's what he desires to do. He is willing, church. He desires to. But far too many people are bound in their own mind, in their own heart. God, you can't do it for me. The Bible says it pleases the Lord. It pleased the Lord. I'm willing. Jesus got out from his position and he moved towards. Then say the leper moved to him at that point in time. He went to him then. The leper came to him. Crowd scattered. Multitudes moved. Then Jesus came to him and he touched him. And when he touched him, he says, I'm willing. It's my pleasure. I'm ready to do it. I want to do it. Now my ministry is beginning in a different aspect to giving hope to people they didn't have before. Giving hope to when the miracle took place. Can you imagine what the multitudes did? They went home talking about it. This man touched another man. He was a leper. In some of the other gospels, it says that he was fully engulfed with leprosy, which means that from head to toe, he had leprosy. That was a death sentence. People said, don't touch him, Jesus. They looked at Jesus as just a fleshly person. But Jesus said, no, I'm more. Fully convinced this leper was. Fully convinced that Jesus could do what he could do and said he would do. I heard the message. He went that one to the next step. He is willing. But are you willing? The leper was. But are you willing? There's a lot of people. <clears throat> they come to God. They kneel down. They bring their concerns, their weights, their burdens. They lay them at the altar, but before they leave, they take them back. Well, I don't know sure if he can really take care of this. <clears throat> but many times I pray for people, and they want healing for their body because they're in pain. And you pray for them, but they're not really convinced. They're going to walk back to their chair, their seat, and pew, wherever it is, Still having a hold of what they have because they never let go and believe God do what he says he'd do. Many a times I've seen people, then I've seen others, they come up, they want to receive, and they do. They believe. They are ready, willing, and able to receive what God had. I've seen miracle after miracle. Time and time, again, people say, I've got it in my back. Let's sit down. Let's pray for your legs. What does my legs got to do with my back? Well, if you're out of, I guess you could call it, you're out of um, whack in your back. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. Maybe it's not. 
But you go out there and you're not straight and you're not aligned where you should be. And all of a sudden your pelvis is there. God says, look, it's, and I, the first miracle that I remember praying for somebody like that was down in Marion when we was pastoring a church. And when we was down there, this lady come up, she come in a walker. She said in the service, you could tell she's in pain. She wasn't like that before. Something happened to her. And after service, she had to wait around for her husband. And I had this couple that was with us. His name was Scott. And so he waited around for me. And I says, Scott, come here. We, we need to pray for this lady before she leaves. So I, I says, while you're sitting there, I says, remove her walker. So when she moved her walker, I says, let's pray for your legs. She looked at me funny. So he brought me the oil. And we lifted her legs up. I said, look here. And one leg was shorter than the other. Or one leg was longer than the other. We started praying. And as I started praying, this is new to me. It started moving. I had my eyes closed. I, I just kept praying. All of a sudden, the other leg that was short went beyond the other. Scott looked at me and said, stop praying. <laughs> I said, Lord, make them straight. They come back straight. She walked out carrying her walker instead of allowing to use that walker. She used a different. Her husband says, what happened to you? <laughs> what happened to you? You come in with a walker. Now you're walking with it, carrying it with it. The Lord touched me. God reached down. I was just nothing but a vessel praying. But she got a hold of him and she said, I said, God, I believe you can do this. And God started doing and working. See, God wants to do that for every single one of us if we'll believe. He is willing. He is able. He desires to. He is ready to. He's sitting on the throne says, let me answer your prayers. Let me come alongside you. Let me perform miracles for you. He loves you with an everlasting love. Yeah. He is ready to save to the uttermost. Leprosy was a disease that was a death sentence. Sin is a disease that has a death sentence. But Jesus wants to bring life, make you clean, make you new, a new creation. Yes. Yeah. Thank God. It's God's good pleasure to reach down and touch you. Are you willing? Are you willing? No. That's the question. Quit holding on to things. Quit holding on to problems. That's nothing but stress. Can I hear an amen on that one? Amen. Quit holding on, uh, trying to conform your kids to what you think. Allow God to do what he said he would do. It takes God to change them anyway. Amen. It takes God to change the world. I didn't die for the world. Jesus died for the world. I wasn't sent here for the world. Jesus came to the world from heaven that he could deliver what had us bound, and that's sin. If you've not been fully persuaded, fully convinced, have faith in your heart to believe God to do what he says, you're going to be in your misery, and you'll die in your misery. You'll be tormented. God don't want you in torment. There's people that are miserable. You can see in their face and the way they do and the way they operate, they try to compensate with other things. But they're miserable. There's no heart satisfaction. God don't want you that way. He is willing, church. He is willing and he's able. Come to the music if you would, please. Singers, come and get ready to sing.
never forget when I was in the Ukraine and we was having a, a meeting and, and uh, it was a big uh, convention center. And it was, I was on a Sunday afternoon, they come and picked me up and we had a snowstorm. I didn't think we was gonna make it. I thought, well, there's not gonna be many people sh show up. That place was packed. I don't know how many thousands were in that, that room. Here, God had me there to speak. I looked around and I says, God, they're here to hear from you, not from me. God, use me to speak your word. God, use me to deliver what you have. I know you're ready and I know you're willing and I know you want to. I sit there long enough, the praise and worship got going and they was worshiping and there was a lot of ministers there, a lot of churches that had come in. There was one that was a bishop and he was sitting off the side. And so I sit there and all of a sudden, somebody in the, towards the middle started making a commotion. Bishop leaned over and I didn't know what he was saying. He whispered into the interpreter. He says, never mind her, she does that all the time. All of a sudden, something got inside me. I said, she can be free. She can be free. She don't have to be like that. Something said there was a spirit. And before that interpreter could give me the words that the bishop said, I says, I looked at the interpreter and says, you tell the bishop and you tell some other ministers, follow me. She did that and they're looking at me. I get up, I start heading back where she was. She had epilepsy, that's what some call it. She was having, some call it a fit, some call it something else. She was under that bondage. But God says, Spirit of God spoke to me and said, it's a spirit. I looked at her as she was, she went down to the floor. When I got back there, she, she knew. That spirit inside her knew that something was going on. And I said, in the name of Jesus, you no longer can be in this body. You no longer can be in this vessel. You must leave in the name of Jesus. All of a sudden, that spirit spoke in English. And I saw the interpreters going, kind of looking and said, wait a minute, this is, they, they speak Russians. They don't speak this language English. It says, I don't have to go. I said, in the name of Jesus, you do have to go and you will go in the name. And at that time, I reached down and touched her. All of a sudden, there was a scream. It wasn't from her. It was from that spirit and it left. She laid there for a few minutes. They thought she was dead. All of a sudden, she got up and she jumped up. And in language of her own, she was saying, I'm free, I'm free. I can imagine what this leper did. I no longer, I'm free, I'm free. I can go wherever I want to. I can visit my family. I can go worship again. I am free. That's what this woman did. And all of a sudden, there was people in there, they were looking at me, and I had, that was opportunity. I told the bishop, it says, my turn to preach. I got up there and I started preaching, and then all of a sudden, the altar started filling up. People were getting prayed for. Revival just hit at that moment. There was people outside that couldn't hardly get in. They was kneeling down in a snowstorm, giving their lives to God because Jesus showed up. Jesus showed up. I was just a vessel being used, but Jesus showed up. Jesus showed up for this leper. And when he showed up, that leper came free. Some of you have issues and areas in your life. You've been wondering, God, are you able? 
Are you really wanting to do what? Something for me, for me. Jesus wants to touch you. Jesus wants to reach down with his love and let you know everything's going to be all right. I've got it in hand. I've got it all taken care of. Jesus wants to do that, church. Stand to your feet, if you would, please, all over the building. And touch the Lord as he walks by. We'll find he's not too busy to hear. 